Hey, Catherine. What, Christy? Why did the vegetable grower want a pay raise? I don't know. Because he wanted bigger salary. <laughs> oh, jeez. And maybe even a stock option. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Tulips Hello, gardeners. Hello, want-to-be gardeners. And people who love celery. Yes. Because it's National Celery Month. It is National Celery Month. And welcome back, Catherine. Oh, thank you. I am so pleased to be back. This is so fun. I don't know why National Celery Month is such a big deal for Upside Down Tulips. It just kind of started like, we just thought it was incredulous that March had a whole month A whole month. Celery. Not a day. A whole month. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and speaking of celery, I did run across a little celery recipe. Ooh. It's a salad. You use celery, grapes, walnuts, and a mild vinaigrette. And you can also add the celery tops chopped up. Uh-huh. Goat cheese. Mm. And a little, I prefer, excuse me, I prefer sweet onion. But you could do a sweet onion or a red onion. And I thought that just really sounds munchy, crunchy good. Yeah, it sounds like it has a lot of crunchy stuff in there. Yes. And all parts of the celery plant are edible, as exactly. we know. Exactly. As gardeners. As Yes. Celery. Well, we're going to be celebrating celery all month long, <laughs> whether you like us to or not. <laughs> exactly. Whether you like celery or not. Yes. Right. And um, we're also talking this week about spring cleanup. Yes. Getting that garden ready. Because the weather is warming up. It it's sure nice out. It is. You know, another weird thing about March, Catherine, that what? I saw is that on March 12th is National Plant a Flower Day. That's awfully early. That's what I thought. For, well, at least for us out here. Yeah. Like, yeah. who's going to go out and plant flowers? Maybe you could plant a pansy. Pansies, yeah. Pansies would make sense, especially when Easter is early. Mm. And my mother was a big believer in eastern Kansas of if you didn't have your plant, your potatoes planted by St. Patrick's Day, then you were late. Oh, interesting. So I think it depends on the part of the country. I feel that way about peas. Yeah. That plant peas on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, out here? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, and speaking of St. Patrick's Day, yes. we should mention the great music we had underneath our intro this week. Yes. Isn't so it lovely? Thanks, Denise Gentilini, for adding a little Irish feel to our, because it's spring, we get our Irish music in for our theme. We're in the green we are. Yeah. Are you any Irish in you? I Actually, I have a little scotch in me. And I think... Uh, <laughs> Our excellent yeah. enigmatic engineer is shaking exactly. his head and saying, okay. no. I, I meant to say a little I'm Scottish <laughs> in me. And we think that that part of the family actually then moved to Northern Ireland and lived in mm. Northern Ireland before then they moved to the States they in are, Pennsylvania. They are connected in yes, some way. Exactly. I do speak there, a I think there's a lot Gaelic, of so. yeah, DNA crossover. Yeah, I have there. just a pinch in me. I did my DNA testing and I have 3%. Okay. And my neighbor Mary, who is Irish, said, um, that's not enough. Oh, well, they're like that. Yeah. They're, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a special club. Enough. Yeah. 
Um, I also want, we want to tell people that it's still not too late to winter sow, even though we're talking about spring cleanup. Right. Which is an outdoor method of seed starting you can do right now. You Good. just listen to episode 25, take out your jugs and learn to winter sow. Or episode 72, which is more winter sowing, how to bring seeds to life in the dead of winter. Good, Are good, you doing good. any winter sowing, Catherine? No, I'm not because I am so unique. I'm not unique, I should say, but I so you so, are unique, Catherine. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> but I'm very select in what I grow because I only grow the things I enjoy growing uh-huh. at this point, and I'm a big one for perennials. Yeah, you know, I like the perennials that keep coming back, and I just need to maintain. I winter sow perennials. Uh-huh. But once they're in the ground, I don't need to keep putting them in the ground. That's true. That's why I like yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know you like to experiment also though, right? Sometimes, depending so, on what it is. I did winter sow you a jug today. Oh, okay. I've got one for you. So it'll be a surprise what she put into the jug, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's guess celery. <laughs> Oh, that's too perfect. That is too perfect. Because I really like celery, actually. Well, I winter sowed it last year for the very first time. Yeah. And I actually had germination from it. Okay. And I actually planted it, and I actually had some celery. Not a lot of celery, but it right. was good. And it, didn't, it wasn't until, like, August that I got any celery. It took that long. Because, you know, yeah. the carrots I put in last spring, it was the same thing. I didn't really get to harvest the carrots until late in August. When it started to cool down a mm. little bit, I think that's when they went, okay, we'll grow again. Yeah. Well, it was pretty pretty easy to winter sow. I just needed to sprinkle seeds right on top and press right. them in. And then, now, yeah. if you notice it starts to dry out, then give it a little drink of water. Okay. 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 So if it looks like dry cake batter, water it. If it Got looks it. like wet brownie batter. Leave it alone. Okay. It should be, okay. You should, there should be condensation on the All inside. Right. And how far apart do I plant them? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I didn't have enough last year to really make that okay. a problem. But probably yeah, but at least six, six to, to ten six inches. To, yeah, I think so. I mean, they get how big? They get, I mean, I'm tall, but I'm thinking of density. Yeah, maybe you know. like, I give it, yeah, I guess I yeah. give it a foot. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that sounds makes about sense. right. Okay. Well, thank you. I look forward to experimenting with celery. <laughs> now, I also know you love um, things about the moon, Catherine, right? I do. And I never knew this before, but did you know that when the there's a full moon in March, it has a name? Yes, it is the worm moon, yeah. I think. The worm or bug moon. The, it is the worm moon, and yeah. I loved that because I just had this... It's it's the, the It relates to the emergence of earthworms from the soil thawing, and I just had this vision in my head of like all these worms worshiping the moon in the middle of the <laughs> night, like coming up, you know. Having a little tiny bonfire. Yes, they're, exactly. They're gathered around it and they're worshiping at the moon. You know, that explains to some degree too, because I saw my first little bunch of robins a week ago Ooh. out working in neighbor's yard that they obviously know something about bugs and stuff in the ground because they're eating along the ground. So there must be some stirrings happening. There must be some stirrings. Because those robins sure do like those worms. So did you have a round of robins in your yard? You had a bunch of robins. It wasn't in my yard. It was in the yard down the street. Um, Her house has two crab apple trees in it and she didn't rake her leaves. So I think they were turning over leaves and stuff. Oh, smart. Smart robins. 
Well, Catherine, how's your garden going these days? My garden is doing well. I have lots of little tulips that are pushing through. Me too. And I have lots of teeny tiny little larkspurs coming up in my oh, no-dig nice. beds. Um there's not a whole lot else besides the tulips that are happening at this point. Can I ask you? Because mm-hmm. I have tulips that are coming right. up too. Did any of them get um, frostbit by that last deep freeze we had a couple weeks ago? I don't think so. But I actually tomorrow, I'm because it's going to be even warmer tomorrow, I'm planning on going out and doing some watering and also do some checking around to see how things are coming along. Well, my tulips are like four inches up, but a good first top inch of it all turned brown. Wow. I'm, well, I'm not surprised though. Because it yeah. had that, we got to get dipped yeah, down. Yeah, it, it was, did get it, down it to cold. what, about 16 or so? I yeah. had crocus come up. I don't have a lot of crocus. But I will. I need. I need to get out there and start cleaning up and stuff. I've been actually spending much more time focusing on what I have put in and what I'm gonna put in in my no dig mm, beds. Mm-hmm. Um, I did last fall before the end of the season. I planted some prairie sage, some dwarf irises, uh, two creeping thymes, some prairie zinnias. Uh, a lavender plant, and I had put in a blue stem grass earlier in August. Those are so pretty. Yes, I like those a lot. And then I'm thinking what I'm going to put in no dig bed that doesn't have um, the larkspur coming up naturally in them. I'm going to put in some more echinacea. I'm going to transplant some Jupiter's beard. I want to get a couple of salvias. And then, of course, sunflowers. And I'm also going to plant some red clover, which doesn't need a lot of maintenance and the bees certainly like it. And I think I'll start there, kind of see where things go from there. That's cool. And uh, I'm going to water with drip hoses, that those no-dig beds, mm-hmm. I think. Did you see uh, the beginnings of my no-dig bed when you came to my house today? No, I didn't notice it. Oh. I but was... I look forward to seeing it afterwards. Yeah, yes. I'll show it to you afterwards. Okay. I, you know, I started it off all wrong. So, Catherine, remember last fall we did this whole episode on no-dig gardens. Right. I told everybody, this is how you should do it. Well, I did it all wrong. I, I first of all, I... We said, if you want to get rid of the grass, put some lime down. I didn't have any lime down, so I said, screw it. I just started putting down cardboard and newspaper. Right. And then I thought, well, then I've got a bunch. I know I have a bunch of soil and compost in the garage. Right. I had about one-tenth the amount that I needed. <laughs> so I kind of like quickly yeah. s- sprinkled some stuff on it and watered it in. And, of course, um, newspapers started flying all over the neighborhood. I did finally get around to go to the store, and I got a bunch more topsoil and some compost and I put a bunch of that down and then I did another layer of cardboard yes, and then you can weight it and down. It yeah. Yeah. And then I hope to put some succulents in it this year. That would be great. And I don't see any problem with doing multiple layers. Yeah, it's not the yeah, yeah it's sort of like I kind of became like good is not the enemy of perfect. And I just I just I've been talking about doing it for so long. Right. I just just had to do it. I just had to start. Exactly. Even though exactly. it wasn't perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the big thing I need to talk to you about, Catherine, is? I want to talk to you about my sewer line, which I know everybody is probably thinking like, why in the world on a gardening show does Kristen need to want to talk about a sewer line, right? Yes. Well, okay. I have, I won't go into all the gory details, but I need to get a piece of my sewer line repaired. About 10 feet of it. From the house to the street. Uh, that it gets to the main, so in the yes. backyard. Yeah. Oh. Catherine, the backyard. So this means they have to go through and d- 
with a backhoe. My vegetable garden. Yes. Oh, no. So everybody, yes, everybody sigh. Everybody oh. reach out to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But hopefully we'll get it done soon. Yes. Before. Sooner but, rather than later. But like we said, and I, and I have my vegetable garden, so I get half of it planted. I'll put peas on the north side, right. like my whole south side of my vegetable garden. They're going, uh, yeah, a little tractor. So does it come it. then down the driveway to collect to the main yeah, line? Yeah. Okay. So you don't have an alley behind your property. Exactly. Okay. So okay. Yes. I understand. Oh, I know. I'm what a like, pain. I know. And I'm like, it feels kind of silly, but like the plumbers were back there walking around and, you know, I have these rows and like they're right. just walking on the, they're walking on the beds of the soil, which I have spent 20 years trying to get keep keeping fluffy. fluffy. Yes. Exactly. And I'm just like feeling stupid, like, oh, don't step there. You know? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, know. I'll keep, I know, but it'll be, it's a sad to get that stuff done too, that you can't really enjoy it. Right. Like you Better now than when you have all that stuff planted. That's, thank you, Catherine, putting the positive spin on it. Gotta find that positive spin. Well, friends, if there are words and terms you don't understand, you can always check out the always humorous and sometimes informational Upside Down Dictionary, which is on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Or you can check out interesting jokes and pictures on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. All those cool places. Mother, I don't want to go to bed. It's still light out and I'm hungry. This is 1923 and little children who refuse to eat dinner go to bed early. But I didn't like it. Your father worked hard to get us this special treat for dinner. Not everyone can afford poached celery. But I don't like celery. You don't like celery? When I was a little girl, celery was a great luxury. One of the most fashionable foods to grace the table. We would put celery in beautiful special vases. It was served to the first class passengers on the Titanic. Blah. Can I still have a bedtime story? Read me Winnie the Pooh, please. Oh, the new essay by Mr. A.A. A. Milne. Hmm, I think I have just the thing. Yay! <clears throat> There is a crispness about celery that is the essence of October. It is as fresh and clean as a rainy day after a spell of heat. It crackles pleasantly in the mouth. Moreover, it is excellent, I am told, for the complexion. How good that celery should be there at one's elbow. How delicate are the tender shoots unfolded layer by layer. Of what a whiteness is the last baby one of all. Of what a sweetness his flavor. It is well that this should be the last rite of the meal. That doesn't sound like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, but it is A.A. A. Milne. And it is March, not October. Someday, in 100 years, people will not be eating celery. Someday, in 100 years, maybe people will appreciate celery more. Maybe we will find it's full of vitamins and minerals, that it burns the calories it contains by chewing it, that one ounce of seeds can produce an acre of celery. Maybe in 100 years there will be a ban on celery. Maybe in 100 years people will eat celery with chicken wings. Maybe people will use celery in drinks, like the new Bloody Mary that is all the rage in Paris. <laughs>
Maybe people will eat celery with peanut butter. <laughs> yes, with raisins. <laughs> Good night, Mother. Good night, Skippy. This has been a public service announcement from the folks at National Salary Month, the most powerful lobby in the world. My cat, Winnie, is very fascinated with the winter-sown jug of celery. She's very envious, I can tell. Yes, everybody loves celery, even Winnie. <laughs> even Winnie, Winnie the cat who loves celery, yes. So we're going to talk about spring cleanup. Spring cleanup, which it is the time to do it now. Do you do any fall cleanup, Kathy? I do very little fall cleanup because I'm a lazy sod. <laughs> And um, I prefer to do it in the spring when hope comes. Um, yeah, and it kind of gets me in touch with the dirt again and kind of gets my juices flowing. And also pulling up all those big old sunflower stems kind of works the dirt a little bit. So oh, that's true. I don't have to do much digging. I mean, that's my goal now is not to do near as much digging as I once did. Yeah, in my digging patches. is the worst part. It is. It is. And so... Yeah, and also uncovering the new things that yeah. are growing. It's always like a little gift, yeah. What's what's come back? What's what's multiplied? What's jumped? What volunteers you exactly. have? That's a, that's a little treasure hunt. Exactly, and also it gives me time to rethink my garden patch of mm -hmm. where I want to put things and who I want to move things and how my mints are doing because I have three or four different kinds of mint plants. So I have yeah. some of your mint in my yard. Yes, your you apple do. mint. Yeah. You do, and I have some of your Jupiter's beard in my yard. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, let me know yes. if you want more because I got a lot. I may with the new <laughs> oh, no dig beds. Oh, I might. I'm I happy might. To share. Yeah. Well, I do little to no fall cleanup. Okay. I do some. I um, I've always been told though not to do very much because it's good to save things for the birds that's and that's why i leave the sunflower and the echinacea mm. it definitely is for both yeah. yeah especially echinacea yeah and then it's also nice because you don't want to just you, you could have potential uh, po other pollinators like ladybugs or bees bees right or just the other things that live in the dirt they mm -hmm. need that, that ground cover because once you get the layer of snow on top of it it's a nice little insulator for yeah. them and it they, yeah Snug as a bug in a rug. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what people, we'll tell you folks what people say you're supposed to do with spring cleaning. Right. And then we'll kind of tell you what we do, and then you can kind of decide to do what's best for you in right. your yard. But what, what the experts say is that you should wait until things have warmed up enough that you've kind of been in the highs in the 50s for about a week. Yes, because it's it's about warming, letting the soil get warmed up a little bit before you start disturbing it. And hopefully you'll get some moisture too after you've disturbed it by pulling stuff up or pruning stuff back yeah. or whatever. If you do it too soon, your soil will be too wet until you could be uh, making it compact. Right. You could also be getting rid of little larvae of ladybugs exactly. or beneficial bugs. Um, so it's good to wait a little bit. Um, I was out there today. Uh, but I got to tell you, I've, I've already started. Can I know. I, you you like to, but you enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. And if I had already, if I wait until there's consistently a week in the 50s, um, I 
I would never get it done. Well, the thing too is not to try to do it all at once. Yeah, I do pieces. I mean, yeah, do sections at a time. So it's rewarding and you don't exhaust yourself, you know. Yeah. It doesn't become then a chore. Yeah. And then you spend your time thinking about not doing it. And the next thing you know, it's too late and then you feel overwhelmed and there's no fun in it yeah, And if you wait till too late. In per, with perennial plants, I mean, I started, had a lot of growth. Exactly. And so removing the dead parts of plants, you can actually damage the new. I've done that before. I've yes. Dam, I've damaged waiting too long. I've damaged irises and tulips. Yes. Yes. Before, so that's usually what I start with. Is I usually start with irises because the old leaves of irises pull apart so easily. Yes. And the other thing too, I like to do earlier rather than later is making sure I cut back my or ornamental grasses. Yes. I only have two and one of them is the new little baby blue stem that I put in. Mm. So I want to cut it back a little bit, but you want to wait in the spring to do those grasses. And then the um, blue spirea bushes. Yes. Uh, those need to also be cut back in the spring, not in the fall. Right. It's really important. I do my ornamental grasses. I just did some today and I cut them way back. Yeah. It's possible, folks, you don't have to cut back your ornamental grasses. That's you true. Could, you could leave them out there and they'll still grow, but it, they just look a little neater, I think. Right. And so I cut mine back to like four inches. Yeah. Four to eight inches is what I, I use have my read. hori knife, my Japanese hori knife. Oh. Which is a great tool that, that just saws. Um, I've also done a hitch clipper before too. Right. And what I have done, because I have a big old, very tall one, is I wrap twine around it mm. so I can hold it together. And then I take my clippers and clip it apart because it's too big. Two years ago, we tried using hedge clippers on it, and that was like a pain in the patootie. We sort of went, well, brilliant idea, but didn't work that well. <laughs> and But I like to leave the ornamental grasses up during the winter because I think I it's agree. pretty. It's nice winter interest. Yeah. But it's but but if you wait too long, then you could be cutting back new growth. Exactly. So it's a great exactly. thing to do. The early things right. would be to do iris and ornamental grasses exactly. are great things to do to yes. do that spring cleanup. And um, I also try when I do my spring cleanup to make sure I put everything in the compost pile. Yes. In the slight chance that I did scoop up some beneficial bugs, they'll be happy in the compost pile and they can move out to wherever they need to move exactly. to. Exactly. Just relocate them. Yes. Um, yeah. And especially a lot of leaves and stuff, old leaves off of the trees. You can, I have just broken them up with my hands, mm, you know, mm -hmm. and then also put them around and kind of reorient where the wind has blown things and pull <laughs> nice. it back out and, and share them around things. Cause leaves in particular are so good for mulching. Yes. Um, and one of the problems I've had right now, Catherine, is that I didn't do a fall compost turn. Ah, I didn't get around to it, and so I'm kind of kicking myself about it. Because if I had, my compost bins would have been would be would have been down a lot more. Yeah, but I haven't. So that means I, in order for me to, I fill them up. So I need to do a big turn. You need to do a big and, turn and a big switch of my bins. And so that I'm doing that this weekend. Okay, so I'm gonna get that, in there. That's a good project to it's, do. It's now sort of head to toe. Compost right. is what Christy will look like. She looks like a compost monster. <laughs> so when you turn over all of the, the compost and it. We've been dry here in Denver the last four weeks or so. Are you going to put more water on it? Oh, I'm going to have to. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I thought. I'm going to water the lawn this week too. I'm going to water this week too. If, if I ever, yeah. if there's ever two weeks without any moisture and right. no snow cover in the winter, I will go out there and water. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I do that through the fall and the spring because they've been promise of snow. 
the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, but we had nothing. But we haven't really had anything. So I was waiting for it to warm up enough <laughs> to actually water. And here are people in this in the Sierra Nevadas and California that are like, I we've know had, we've had 15 feet of snow. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, parts of the western part of this state too. Yeah. Um. Well, going back to spring cleanup. Yes. Um, I've also been told this, Catherine, which is that you should hold off on adding additional mulch into your yard until we're way, way into spring. So it's much warmer? You could be covering up beneficial insects and pollinators who overwinter in the soil. So, Well, that's interesting. So when about should we be adding... Um, I, cause I always like to put down another layer of compost on everything that's going to be till, growing. I'd wait till later spring. Okay. So like mid April. Wherever later spring is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mid April. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Just before Catherine came over friends, I was out there doing some, I was out cleaning out, uh, my perennial beds, removing any of the dead, um, annual plants that were out there. So I had dead mm-hmm. zinnias out there that- um, will not come back. And so I cleaned those out and um, I'm working on cleaning up printers. And I could see as I dig in there little pieces of green. Exactly. And that's up, the joy. So wonderful. Yes. Seeing all that new growth. And so once you start seeing that new growth, that's really safe to start removing all that, the, all the old. Right. Exactly. Material. I have in the, my section of the front bed where all of the sunflowers were, there's like a bazillion baby larkspurs and baby sunflowers that have started to come up. So when I start pulling out the old nice. sunflower stems, I'll have to be careful, but then I'm going to have to thin them out at some point. So I took out my old sunflowers in the fall. Did you? I did. But I, and I, well, one thing I was also really glad that I cleaned up in the fall were my poppy beds. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So I cleaned those out and those are all coming up now. Oh yes, they are. And do you remember those Orange poppies you gave me maybe yes. about 10 years ago. About the same time, they're, yes. They're all coming up now. They're, I love those orange poppies. They're awesome. They are so beautiful. It's true. Yeah. Soon, 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 soon they'll be coming. And I watered my rhubarb the other day. Oh, is that smart? Yes. So I have, I have snow where my rhubarb is, so I can't tell if it's coming up or That's not. great, though. That's a good blanket for it. That's true. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, bloomispirea. Yes. So let's talk about uh, shrubby plants with woody stems okay. that will need to be cut back. So that would be bloomispirea, Russian sage, lavender. Those all need to be cut back in the spring. Now, I wait um, I wait until I see new growth starting to happen on those plants. That's, when uh, you that's, do it? Yeah, and that's pretty much what I do too okay. to make sure. And then, and also it lets me know the part of the plant that may be dead. Mm-hmm. Like my big lavender plant last year, a part of it died back. Mine did too. And I had to wait to see where the green really was coming before I could give it a little haircut and do some pruning on yeah. it. I, I would wait, folks, until the last hard frost has passed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. So for us in the Denver metro area, that we're zone 5B, um, depending upon who you talk to, that's anywhere between May 7th and Mother's Day. Exactly. Exactly. We've had a hard, fr- we've had a hard frost later. We've had, fr- you know. And that's had- when you pull out the blankets and throw them over them. Yes. Oh, exactly. such a good point. Yes. Yeah. But they'll let you know when it's time to prune them, when you see the the signs of them opening up buds on the lower stem portion. Right. Then you'll know that that's the right time to do them. Don't be doing that to your lilac bushes. Your lilac bushes, you'll do them after they've bloomed, but not in the spring. Uh, What else? Yeah, most spring blooming trees and shrubs set their flower buds in the summer and the fall. 
So isn't that, that true too of um, the old fashioned climbing roses that they set their buds in the fall too, and you shouldn't cut them back until after uh, for climbing roses. Yes. That's a really good point because, and this is true for roses in general. Um, I don't do my roses till the end of April. Okay. I wait until the last hard frost before I cut back. And when it comes to climbing roses, you would just remove the dead branches. Right. So like every every year, about a third of the plant dies back. And so I, you, you could tell because the good Right, and again, that's green. the advantage of letting some of it to start to grow mm -hmm. so you can see what's alive and, and thriving and what needs yeah. to be pruned back. But don't fully cut back no. your climbing roses. do not do Just that. Just look at them and see what's gray and pull that whole right. branch out. But if it's another kind of rose, like a floribunda or a miniature rose or that, I would wait till the end of April, and then I and then you can cut those way back. Can you? Yeah. I don't have any of those. I only have the. I have two old climbing roses that came with my house. Me too. Yeah. 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 Who? They've probably been here. They're probably hundred year old rose bushes. Probably well, at my house probably close to sixty years. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I like that though, because I like to think about like I wonder who planted those. And yes. And I've been watering those two on and off. But what also. You know, I really love doing spring cleanup. It's right. really fun. I'm not a big fan of turning the compost bin. And boy, cleaning out those roses, those climber roses. Woo! That, yes. That's for the weak people. <laughs> yes. You, well, again, you do it in bits, bits and bit, pieces. Wear protective bits and gloves. Pieces. Exactly. And, and, and eye gear. I've almost took out my eyes. Eye ones. gear <laughs> and make sure that your tools are sharp. And clean. And clean. Clean is good. Clean is very good. Okay, we'll come yes. back. We'll do more spring cleanup. Okay. Captain, here's the morning report. More car break-ins on the west side. Bad? More or less the usual. Front and back windows broken out, zucchinis left on the back seat. But a couple really bad ones. They left zucchinis and an accordion both times. And here's the botanist report on the master's garden. Definitely looks like strangulation. The crime scene has all the markings of Bobby and Bindi Bindweed's crew. They've been underground a few months, but looks like they're back. And bad as ever. Plan of action? We tracked them down at Max's Pizzeria, and Bobby's in interview room one. But we can't get anything out of them. Get me the closer. Hey, come on, you don't have to bring us down here. I didn't even get to finish my stuffed crust extra compost pizza. And it was sheep and cow compost, too. Paid extra for that. So sorry to inconvenience you, Bobby. You'll get the rest of the pizza in a minute or two. I am Becky Marie Thompson, the closer, and I have just a couple of questions. Where were you Wednesday night between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m.? Jeez, how can I remember that? My memory ain't so good anymore, but I, I guess I was home watching TV. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Any witnesses to corroborate your alibi? Bendy was there with me. Oh, Bobby. Bobby, Bobby. Still up to your old tricks, aren't you? Strangling innocent vegetation as you climb your way to the top? Hey, no, I'm a changed weed. Honest, I've been reformed and all. Reformed, are you? Well, then, please tell me, Bobby, what's your favorite flower? Oh, favorite flower? Oh, wow, I, I love them all, but 
but hey, now, now, but, but now I'm not so enthusiastic about them like I once was, you know, with being all reformed and all. Oh, no. That's too bad, Bobby. I've been listening to Upside Down Tulips and was wanting some real expert advice. And what with all your experience? I mean, you just really know your way around gardens. You and Bindi are so savvy. And oh my, your work ethic really deeply impresses me. I mean, your work is always just so tight and detailed. And then those Eedy beady little flowers you finish with. Oh, goodness me, what you two accomplish with vegetation. Oh, really, and this is from my heart, Bobby. It's artistry. You both are artists and not weeds at all. Artists. We're artists, really, you think? Well, we do take a whole lot of pride in our craft, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, give us a tall flower, like one of those jumbo zinnias, and we are all over it, climbing to the moon. Why, thank you. Thank you so much, Bobby. I gotcha. I'm sure you and Bindi's DNA is all over those little flowers, so you are both under arrest for the strangulation of the zinnias in the master's garden. Oh, son of a biscuit, me in my big mouth. Captain, we're done in here. And there it is. The closer has closed the case. Not even close. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I, I want to go back to the when we put down um, the mulch or the compost, when uh -huh. especially when you're cleaning out annual beds. So we need to wait until the last hard frost before we put that down and start to put our seeds in. Or did I misunderstand that? Yeah, I think if you're going to put in mulch, you're going to put a new layer of mulch. Uh -huh. Just wait until it's later on in the spring. I don't think you need to wait until there's a until the oh, last okay, chance okay. of frost is over. But just let the just so that the pollinators can come out and do their thing they and, can get and the beneficial okay. bugs out of the, their winter condos in yes. the ground and come up and okay okay now i'm understanding that concept a little better i had to think on it for a bit and then go wait what was we saying okay okay <laughs> Next that makes job. sense okay <laughs> uh, what about your veggie garden do you, do you clean out your veggie garden in the fall or? um because my my sunflowers and my veggie garden which is my tomatoes uh and my my tomatoes and red clover, they all kind of grow together. Mm -hmm. So I will, no, I clean those all out in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So I do that all. And that's when I cogitate upon where I'm going to put what. This year I'm going to put in more carrots because they turned out really well. And I have those um, sugar peas mm. that I just adore. They are so good. I want to plant more of those too. And now, of course, you need to make room for all your celery. And now I have to make room <laughs> for all my celery. And I'm going to rotate, I think, where I put the tomatoes. So I just, but working out in the dirt gives me time to think on that. Mm. Yeah. I clean my vegetable garden out in the fall. Okay. It just kind of shows you folks, you can... You know, do it when you can and right. when you want to. Um, but I do. But I will. I cleaned it all out in the fall, and I, um, because I'm still fighting a fungus in my, in my with my tomatoes. Oh, I've been I'm using, so doing, sorry. It's okay because I've just been doing hybrid 
tomatoes, and they've been turning out fantastic. Right. But I have not been composting those plants. I've been putting them in the garbage right. just right. to be on no, the safe side. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and one of the things I realized as we were talking here is I wait to do my vegetable bed in the in the spring is because when I pull up the sunflowers, because they have such a big, lovely root system, mm -hmm. that's when it all, I also know that the ground has thawed out Oh, I and it's more that. manageable yes. because if you can't pull up your sunflowers, then it means the ground is still really frozen. <laughs> Leave them alone. Wait. Yeah. Genius. Yes. Well, I don't know if that's genius, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's also a great time when you're in your veggie garden, you can also... For, in terms of spring cleanup, you can also test your soil if you want to. You can oh, amend your yes, soil. Oh, yes. You and Edith love testing your soil. Yeah, which we found our soil is fine. Are you looking for a neutral? So if your soil is too acidic or if it's too alkaline, um, you can add uh, compost or you could add peat or you could add lime to right. get it to be a neutral for your veggie garden. And we've got actually some homemade soil tests on our website if you wanted to that you could just use do it from your kitchen right because you had done a show probably in the first year of this oh yeah of, of upside down tulips i remember listening to it and thinking to myself that's something i could actually do and i just never got around to doing it yeah. but or i remember just, how easy it sounded to or do just get a cheap soil kit yeah exactly uh and it's also a great time to check the temperature of your soil too right. in your veggie garden so uh, some people will actually put, will warm up their soil this time of year so they can plant earlier. They'll put a thing down like it's called a horticultural fleece. <laughs> or you know what? You can use bubble wrap too. Bubble wrap will warm up your soil okay. if you want to. Okay. Another great thing to do. And it's great to mend your, if you have a raised bed, this is a great time to uh, mend your raised beds in your veggie garden. Give so. it some nutrition. You know what? I just realized this, what? Catherine. That is the positive side of my having half my vegetable garden ripped up. Yes. Is that I really do need to mend my beds and how those, these, I have this wood border all around right. it. So it's an opportunity. And that those, those digger guys are going to take care of a lot of hard work for you so that you will be able to do the amending. <laughs> right. After they walk. After they walk. Well, after they have it. dug through it and Ugh. yes, but it'll be easier to work and you can totally do that. <laughs> right. There. Okay. Well, here's some other things folks you can do for spring cleanup. It's a great time to divide and transplant perennials. So if you want to propagate or move your plants, now's the time to do it. Because it's amazing how quick the plants will recover this time of year. Right. Irises. Oh. Right. You know what? I will do iris. I, well, I would say I would wait for irises until July. Oh, okay. Until July. Because you'll okay. miss the bloom. Oh, that's an excellent point. So what ones are you thinking of for you to d divide? Well, I will certainly have a lot of. Jupiter's beard. Okay. To divide and give away. And this is the time of year it's to a do great the Jupiter's? Time of year to do it, yes. Okay. Sedums. I have a lot of sedums I see that are coming right. up that need to be divided. Uh, poppies after they're done blooming. Right. Um, uh, coriopsis. Okay. Uh, cat mint, if you have cat mint. Right. I thought yeah. the idea was let the mint just grow wild and get out of control. <laughs> Oh, it's just right. Some people do have that. I do have a spearmint plant that's like that, but that's a really good idea that I could do that with my spearmint plant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's also a great time to, if you, if you, for our friends who are container gardeners, right. this is the time you're to take out all those containers and give them a good wash. Get them if cleaned up. If you didn't do them up, in the fall. Exactly. Get them I gotta cleaned up. I got to tell you, up. I didn't do it in the fall, Catherine. So. Oh, I, 
I don't, I'm not a big container grower, so I don't do a lot of that. So, mm. but yeah, now's a really good time, especially if you do a, almost all your stuff in containers. Yeah. Give them a good yeah. soapy bath. Exactly. It's also a great time a year to, to get a head up, head start on weeding. Yes, those nasty ones as they start to appear, get them now. And this year for weeding, I'm going to try using the um, vinegar that you can buy at greenhouses. Oh, the horticultural vinegar. Yes. Oh, are you I really? am going to try that on the evil bindweed. Okay. And see well, how please that tell works us how out. it works. Because, I will. And if I'm right, this is a type of vinegar that is just super strong. It's, it's not the super kind strong. You would buy. It's very concentrated, exactly. And and you, yeah, you can. Are there water special it down. precautions you have to use from that? Like you don't wear, want to splash gloves? it on your skin. So yeah, yeah. you yeah. want to wear gloves. If you don't wear glasses, I suggest you protect ah. your eye. You need to be really smart, like any any kind of weed killer. You mm -hmm. just need to be really smart how you use it, and don't. Don't be splashing it around. It's a very satisfying time of year to pull weeds, though, I think. Yes, it is. I was out there just today, <laughs> and I was at, I get all that, I get, I get, um, Quack grass, which is like crabgrass. Okay. But it's a perennial grass, so the rhizomes are under, just underneath the surface. Okay, I think and I know what you're you talking about. don't okay. get the whole thing, it just breaks off and you get a million of them. No, exactly, so I'm exactly. I'm constantly dealing with this stuff. But today I was out there. And the ground was just nice and moist <laughs> and soft, and so you know you get you you get a good feeling on that. Mm -hmm. And I was pulling out ones that were like two feet long of the awesome. Rising. So it was very that's very satisfying. They're still out there, yeah. And I saw dandelions. Saw some dandelions there. in my own I yard. Saw, yes, I haven't seen bindweed yet. No, it's a little up. early for that. But some dandelions. But then I don't treat dandelions as a weed. I look at dandelions as the first feast for the bees. <laughs> And and I will just politely tell you, Catherine, yes. my dear friend, I appreciate that, and I hear you. But I always feel I have so many other. I have things that come up even before dandelions. As long like, as you have food for them before I have the dandelions, crocuses. I have purple hyacinths. Okay. I have tulips that I feel. Screw the dandelions I pull. Okay. Well, someday you'll <laughs> discover dandelion greens and make a little salad salad out I of could. them, That's and true. they're really quite good. It, it's a nice be. bitter. Yeah. Yeah, but then yet I have arugula and spinach and it's romaine, okay. So we all do things our yeah. own way as long as you dig them up and you don't spray them with weed. Yeah, killer. I pulled some today. I sure did. Good for you. Um, okay, another great thing. How about the tools? Sharpening the yes. tools? Yes. Taking care of our tools. <laughs> good, yes. We should sharpen and clean tools. Yes. Have you done that yet? You know what I do, and I read about this in a handyman magazine several years ago. I have a paint bucket that I have sand in it, and I poured motor oil over it. Yeah. And in the fall, I take and I put my shovels and my hose, and I work them through that so they get a nice little coating of oil on them, and then I hang them up and let them dry. I am so impressed. And that's what I do really for my shovels hack. and for my hoe. But my problem is with my small clippers uh -huh. and my secateurs and then also the the loppers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Did, that doesn't work in the bucket? You can, but then it gets in the in the gears. Oh okay. you know, kind of thing where well, the handle I comes together. So have, yes. I'm gonna show you what I have, Catherine. Please show me what you here. have. This is um called a corona 
uh, tool sharpener. Oh, I have one of those too. I just need to understand how to work it. And so it just it's just like a little sharpener, sort uh-huh. of as if you were going to sharpen your knives in your kitchen. Oh, that's another and thing that baffles me. And then I just run me. it at a forty-five degree angle okay. along with my nippers on here. both sides. Yeah, both sides here. Okay. You can see, my, I'm embarrassing because my nippers are really dirty. No, no, but it's then, okay. That means you then, use and them. And then I would put WD forty on them. Okay. Of that, you know, that spray. And then, right, and then wipe them down. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so the sharp part of the, the secateur, uh-huh. of the clippers. Yeah. You get 45 degree angle on both sides of the blade. Yeah. And then spray it down with W4D. Yeah. And, okay. So, but be careful when you okay. sharpen them just to kind of like mentally right. know that they are a lot sharper. Right. Well, and thank you course. for showing me how to do that. That's awesome. And so you have one of these little, it's called Corona is what the new brand is It's like a baby, a stone, a baby knife stone for, yeah. Well, now that I've seen how you've done it, it makes a lot more sense. Okay. The last thing I'll mention here is that spring is the traditional time to rake your lawn and remove excess thatch. Um, But just be careful because you can also, if you take out too much thatch, you can also harm your lawn. Uh, it's a great time to aerate your lawn. Aerating you is an awesome thing to do, especially in Colorado. Yeah, and fertilize. Yes. Hey, Catherine. What, Christy? Do you know what time it is? It's time for mailbag. Ring, ring. Oh, very good. <laughs> Pull uh, into the mailbag, Catherine. Okay. And, grab and a I have pulled out something from Mindy, who lives in Salt Lake City, and she writes... I will forever be grateful to Upside Down Tulips. The podcast helped launch my love of gardening and gave me lots of valuable information to put into practice. I'm anxiously awaiting spring, as I'm sure you are. In the meantime, I have a few milkweed seedlings hanging out under the grow light. I have a little ponytail palm indoor plant, which my cat Jasper loves to munch on. Oh, I can relate to that. I have put it out of reach, but he always finds a way to it. And now it looks like a toddler's haircut after an older sister found the scissors. What a great image. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So wondering if you have thoughts on this. We got a Richard Simmons chia head for Christmas. I'm curious if you could sprout other kinds of seeds on it. Mindy from Salt Lake City. Thank you, Mindy, yes, for that. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited about your milkweed seedlings. I hope you keep us posted about that. And if you find a solution to keeping your cat Jasper out of your plant, please let me know. Because let us all know. Leo, my cat, my big fluffy cat, who is right here beside us right now, also loves to dig into plants. So about chia heads, isn't that interesting? Now, Catherine, have you ever had a chia head? No, but I've seen them. I remember buying them at um, Walmart's, not Walmart's, uh, Walgreens, the Christmas display. But I remember the Richard Simmons chia heads in particular. Yes. Well, I hope he gets a percentage out of them. I hope so, too. Well, at LOC, and now Leo is fascinated with With your- my celery jug. My celery jug is is the focus of all cat activity here today. <laughs> well, Catherine, did you yes. know that- your chia pet or your chia head comes with enough seeds for three separate growings. Of chia. Yes. So you can scrub out the old growth from your decanter right. with a brush and soak it with one tablespoon of bleach to a gallon of water. Okay. Remove any residue or mildew from the clay. And after fully cleaning out your decanter, you let it completely dry. And then you just repeat the steps and how to grow it using the extra seeds that came with your kit. And you can use any type of seed 
on your chia head. Can you grow sprouts like the sprouts you're going to put into your salad? Yes. That's you interesting. Do, people have successfully done herbs like parsley or basil. Right. Alfalfa would be really good. Oh, alfalfa, yeah. Thyme. I bet you you could grow broccoli on your chia head. And if you grew the alfalfa I'm thinking of long enough, the cats might come along and eat it. <laughs> right. Cat grass. You might That's even right. try cat grass. Yes, you could. Who knows? Yeah. So I never knew that you could reuse the chia head at all. I found that very interesting. So I think it'd be a fun experiment, Mindy, for you to try growing something fun and crazy on your chia yes, head. Yes, exactly. Something else. It works. By all means, please do that, Mindy, and let us know how that works. And right back. And if there's anybody else there who's had good chia head experiments or if you have some good spring cleaning tips, you want to let us know how your spring garden is going. We always like to know what you guys are doing so because it helps expand our knowledge. Oh, so true. Yes. You can write to us at UpsideDownTulips.com or at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail. Our friends, spring is just around the corner. It's going to be a great growing season. Catherine, do you have any little extra inspiration for us? I do. Actually, I have two quick things. One, I heard this on NPR, and it's a gentleman who wrote a book called The Science of Awe. And it's learning how to embrace the awe we get from the natural world we live in and how it actually affects our brain and how we look at the world. And hand in hand with that is this quote that I found by Albert Einstein, which it says, look deep in nature and then you will understand everything better. I thought that was perfect for this time of year. It is. And great for spring cleanup too. Exactly. Look deep into nature. Deep into oh, nature. Oh, I just love it. Yes. Good. I'm glad I could share it. So thanks everyone for listening <laughs> We are Catherine Gray and Christy Monter Larson. And friends, if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button whenever you listen to our podcasts. Thank you so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. Oh, yes. And if you want more, you can go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideDownTulips.com. Special thanks to the many talents of Jim Hunt and Josh Hartwell. Yay! Join us in two weeks for another episode that will delight and amaze you. Yes, amaze you. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside Down to. Do you think my garden will forgive me after the plumbers come through and rip They it will totally understand okay. <laughs> because <know>. they understand <laughs> sewer lines, okay? Okay. So.